0: If you were to time travel, back to the future style, to downtown Wilmington in the year 1921, in many ways our city would be unrecognizable. But as you stumbled, like Marty McFly, through the downtown streets, you might begin to see some familiar names. Finkelsteins, Offs, Longley Supply. You might even pop into the offices of the old Morning Star, which was a predecessor to the current day Star News. Or maybe you'd grab a bite and a cup of coffee at the Dixie Grill, which was a downtown staple by 1921, having opened back in 1903. hundred years is a long time. I mean, no one even lives that long. But as we look back on the history of Wilmington, there are a handful of businesses that have stood the test of time, and through multiple generations, survived and even thrived for a hundred years or more. This is Cape Fear Unearthed the podcast exploring the legends, historical oddities, and landmark stories of southeastern North Carolina. I'm your host, John Staton, and I'm a reporter with the Star News here in Wilmington. We're a Gannett Paper as part of the USA Today Network. For this week's episode, we'll be talking about some of these old-school Wilmington businesses, businesses that have celebrated the century mark. With me is Wilbur Jones, a Wilmington native and a 1951 graduate of New Hanover High School. Wilbur has written extensively about the history of Wilmington, and particularly about Wilmington's connection to World War II. So I'm here with Wilbur Jones. He is a native Wilmingtonian, and he is the reason that Wilmington was declared the first World War II heritage city in 2020. And that was a 12 and a half year project that Wilbur worked on. He's also uh, worked on the renovation um, of the H- Hannah Block Historic USO and Community Arts Center, making sure that building was preserved. And uh, he has a recent memoir, he's an author of 19 books, but his most recent book is, a, book is a memoir, The Day I Lost President Ford, memoir of a born and bred Carolina Tar Heel, talking about some of his days working in politics. He's also a retired Navy captain. So Wilbur, you've done quite a lot um, in your in your long and illustrious life. And thank you so much for being here with us, on with us today to talk about these uh, hundred-year-old Wilmington businesses.
1: Well, thank you, John, I appreciate being here. There's nothing I like talking about more than than preserving history, so thank you.
0: Yeah, well, and also, if you haven't read it yet, uh, Wilbur has done a wonderful, uh, this is 2021, uh, obviously the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II. Wilbur has done a wonderful series of articles about uh, what Wilmington was like in those days, some of the things that were happening in Wilmington during World War II, um, the POW camp, um, over near Williston. Um, so if you get a chance, if you haven't already, you know to read those articles, um, it is some really wonderful work and Wilbur has done a wonderful job writing about World War II for the Star News over the years. Thank you, John, thank you. Well, let's start with um, kind of the, let's start with Hughes Brothers, because Hughes Brothers, it's a wonderful uh, tire shop, auto shop on Market Street at 10th Street, turns 100 years old this year. Um, I'm going to do a profile of Hughes Brothers that you can also read, it'll be a separate story. But let's just kick it off talking about Hughes Brothers. I mean, there's something about Hughes Brothers that's just so wonderful. Just the way it looks, that big tall kind of facade. Um, you go in there and you know there's nothing modern about Hughes Brothers and that's what I love about it you know you go in there they've got a you know an old school waiting room with some magazines that are about 20 years old you know and it, it just feels like an auto shop should feel right I mean you get a yeah. you know nailing your tire you go there they'll fix it for 20 bucks
1: it's the kind of place that um, if you really didn't know about it and know it's and know it's history and the fact that it's been around for a while and they do good work good service yeah, you probably drive on by I mean right. you wouldn't pull in there Uh, other than if you had a flat tire but uh, that building has been a landmark on Market Street for as long as I can remember and and as you said it's uh, uh, some people may call it ugly I call it probably an architect's delight of a hundred years ago but but you won't find a building like that anywhere anywhere in our area
0: yeah there is you know and and we're losing, you know, I don't say we're losing a lot, but we're there are some things that just feel like old school Wilmington to me. I mean, that's going to be, that's one of the most Wilmington places. I've been going there as long as I can remember since I started driving in the 1980s, you know, and it's just... Um, and they've never once let me down. I've never had a bad experience at Hughes Brothers. I mean, it's just a, a wonderful place. And like I said, we'll go. I'll go a lot more into it in the article. But I just wanted to kind of start out with that, since like they're like the, they're they're the newest member of the hundred-year-old business club in
1: Wilmington. Well, you know, in, in uh, Wilmington has a has a history. Unfortunately, um, it has been uh, subsided quite a bit. But over the years, there was a time when we were tearing down a, a lot of historic uh, yeah. buildings, and and at that corner, uh, there are two other. Other historic buildings that were have been around for yep. it seems like forever. Uh, Rose Ice Brothers, uh, yep. Rose Brothers Ice, um, and and coal, and um, the other building um, on the Tenth and Market Street is uh, I don't know In and Out. It's a fitness center. That's yep. thing. Yep. That was uh, an A and P food store. Oh, wow. but Yeah, one of the first uh, so called supermarkets. Um, when I was growing up so yeah that's a historic corner absolutely well and it's just you know and it's wonderful to have these
0: places because it really reminds us you know as there's so much new stuff in Wilmington right now it's so important that we keep you know I think just to just to remember and I revere the older stuff and like you know Hughes Brothers I hope they never tear that place down I hope it's there um, forever um, But, uh, so let's move on and talk about, you know, I could talk about Hughes Brothers all day, believe me, but um, let's move on and talk about, um, well, here's one of the older businesses in town, and I think this is really interesting, and I don't know that I knew this until I read um, one of the articles that you had done, Wilbur, uh, I think from back in February, but Andrew's Mortuary um, was founded on uh, 419 North 3rd Street back in 1850, and now there's many different locations of Andrew's, and I've been to many... um, you know, wakes and funerals there. But, uh, you know, Andrew's, you know, dates back to the mid-19th century.
1: Yes, it has been. And I guess probably in those days, um, it it was the could have been the leading uh, mortuary in town yeah um, I know that uh, my family's got a lot of um, uh, certainly reference there uh, yeah. with my both of my parents have been uh, buried through there yep. and uh, I'm signed on there for for some day but but the Andrews family um, the bu- the business has been around in and the Andrews family I think is in their third generation now wow. and um, they've always been uh, uh, very supportive of, of Wilmington and I remember when they moved to that building on the corner of uh, 17th and Market Street Um, my father who was in the Carolina Savings alone in Wilmington at the time um, uh, helped them uh, through a loan acquire that that property oh well and and that was uh, probably in the late 1950s when they moved down
0: yeah so now I mean that's you know I've been to that location my uh, my mother went through them my stepfather as well Um, So that's a very kind of just an integral Wilmington business, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, life and death and that's, they've been a part of that in this town for, you know, well over a century now. Um, And then we should also mention uh, one of the other ones, you know, Wilmington has a segregated history and, you know, Andrew's Mortuary is where the white people went a lot of times and uh, John H. Shaw's son. Um, over there on Red Cross Street is where a lot of the white people went and they've been around since 1895 and I know that you talked to some of the
1: um, folks over there at Shaw's. Yes I talked uh, to the owner and uh, general manager um, who had acquired it uh, from the Shaw family um, a few years ago and the the interesting thing about Shaw's is that it's been there in that location for as long as I can remember I mean way before World War II and um, and, and that was uh at the time it was a very historic corridor there for black businesses because uh, just in the next in the next block uh, was a building that no longer it, the building's there but but the um, North Carolina mutual uh, life insurance company was okay. the largest black owned uh, company in the world and uh, they had an office there so that closed down oh a few years ago but that was a historic corridor there yeah. uh, Black churches, and yep. black and still, uh, schools, and.
0: and there still is to this day, you know, and that's just, um, you know, be that's one of these interesting things about Wilmington and sad in a lot of ways is kind of this parallel history, right, of these two different uh, races. Um, so, so those, uh, so you know, it's interesting to me that two of the oldest businesses, you know, are, you know, funeral homes. Um, another old, one of the, I think uh, turned 100 years old a year ago is Harold W. Wells and son. Um, and that 's an insurance company, and that 's uh, I think they 're into their maybe third or fourth generation now. and I know that you wrote about them for um when your stories over
1: yes, and it is um a uh, third and fourth generation The Wells family has done a wonderful job uh, in, uh, selling insurance and helping people over the years and um, the reason it was so sort of third slash fourth yeah. is that the third generation harold wells who's uh, close to being a contemporary of mine. I don't want to embarrass him by saying he's as old as I am. But he's still, I believe he's like chairman of the board. Uh, But his sons, his two sons, are the fourth generation, and they're the ones that uh, do the uh, day-to-day operations of the the business.
0: And and what's fascinating to me, and, and you write about this in your story, is that I think one of the perils or pitfalls of having a business that has been around this long, you know, first generation, that's obviously... You know, to start a business, you have to have some drive. You know, second generation, and I think even Mr. Wells or someone had said, you know, and a lot of these businesses that have been around a long time, the third generation can, in some cases, you know, start the decline, right? Um, so yeah. I guess that's one of the things that they have to watch out for, and it seems like he wants something that
1: he's, you know... Well, of. I, I guess that's what it, uh, what is said on the street. The third generation um, yeah. uh, sometimes can spoil a business, but um, in the in the case of, of the Wells uh, Insurance and um, and and the King Off Jewelers yeah. uh, as another one, yeah. and um, um, Godwin's E. W. Godwin Sons yeah. and some others that, that you may want to talk about, um, and um, uh, Longley um, yes, Supply Company. Absolutely. Um, they've uh, defied the norm and uh, they're still going strong.
0: Absolutely and that's just that's just so I mean you know 100 years to so like that's you know you keep something going that long it's not just one person right you there's that's that's a, you know one person can do a lot but when you have something going that long you know you have multiple people that have worked together to keep it going and you mentioned Godwin's over there on um, Castle Hain Road that's to me that's just a fascinating first of all it's a fascinating location we're talking about things that feel like old-school Wilmington, like uh, Hughes Brothers, to me, and interestingly, that section of town kind of got cut off from the rest of the town in a way because, you know, once MLK came in, and you know, that used to be a pretty major thoroughfare. Now it's a little bit cut off, but it, f- it feels maybe stuck in time a little bit. You go over that part of town, I feel like, you know, it could be... You know,
1: 1980-something all over again. Well, true. Uh, Castle Lane Road, um, when I was when I was growing up, um, it it was almost like uh, in another county, and it was almost <laughs> right? like it was in Penda County. <laughs> right. And, and um, you, you had to have a good reason to go there. You right? just didn't get in the car and drive over there. Right. And, and I think to a degree, you're right, it's still sort of the same. Um, because of MLK and and um, and wh- who else um, goes over there other than if you're doing business exactly um, that area. Part of the county just hasn't seemed to grow, except the Goblins have stayed there. And um, uh, during World War II, uh, they were one of the biggest suppliers, I can imagine, that they did uh, financially uh, very well with all the construction here during World War II. Well, and now with like, you know, and then now they're in the lumber business. And now, you know, lumber has
0: been back in the news recently with uh, the crazy prices that have thankfully come down a little bit. But they've been, you know, they've been in the mix of that, I think 1909, they're in the fourth generation now. Um, They've been around for, you know, well over 100 years. And also that same, uh, you mentioned Longley Supply over in Oleander Drive, right where Oleander kind of starts there. They've been around since 1906. Kind of a fun aside. When I was a kid growing up playing little league baseball, a lot of these companies, you know, I'm looking at some of these companies is like those are all the baseball teams, right? Longley, yeah. uh, Godwin's, you know, well, these you are know, all the well, you know, Wells. These are all the little
1: baseball teams I played against. Okay, well, you give me an opening now on right. on little league baseball okay. because the, the uh, very first little league game that was played in Wilmington was between the E.W. Godwin Sons wow. and Pepsi Cola. That's Pepsi amazing. Cola won twelve to nothing. <laughs> wow! And Roman Gabriel pitched a no hitter. Well, uh, for Pepsi Cola, yeah. and that started the season. That's all they needed. Yeah. They had Roman
0: Gabriel on their team. That My
1: was gosh Game so, over. Yeah, Roman Gabriel went on to have a fairly successful yeah. professional football career.
0: Absolutely. And then no, uh, no Longley. You know, Longley Supplies, like I said, they've been there. Um, Doing a plumbing, I think they started as a plumbing business, and I think they do some other things as well. But you know, plumbing is um, one of their big things that they've done.
1: Well, if you if uh, speaking of Longley and yeah. and in sort of in the same context with all all these businesses that we've talked about and and may also talk about is look at the location. Um, yeah, you wouldn't expect uh, a plumbing supply company to be at uh, in the 200 block of South Front Street, right, right. But in those days, which is, which
0: is where Longley started.
1: Yeah, well, that's yeah. where they started. Interesting. Um, yeah. But in those days, um, everything was downtown. Uh, I mean, what we yeah. today wouldn't think of as expanded downtown, but but uh, certainly during and, and preceding World War II, that um, everything was between uh, Front and Third Street. Yeah. and between, really between um, uh, Dock Street and um, uh, Red Cross.
0: Yeah. Well, no, that, that that is a great point to bring up, yeah, because I was, I'm, I'm looking here, and it's, so yeah, So Longway used to be at 208 South Front, which is around, uh, kind of near the corner of Dock, or really orange over there. Yeah, um, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I'm not exactly sure how long they've been at Oleander, but, you know, I guess at some point, you know, down, I guess businesses did start to leave downtown at some point.
1: Well, the second generation of Longley um, Supply Company uh, was managed by uh, one of my contemporaries, a kid I grew up with, Henry Longley. Okay. And um, uh, we both went to St. Andrew's Covenant Presbyterian Church and— and high school for a while until he went away. So, yeah. so I can connect with the second of the third okay. generation there. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's moving on to a couple of other and people who you know who have followed the eight. You know, we talk a lot about eighteen ninety eight in Wilmington. It's been, I mean, there's been a lot of books written about eighteen ninety eight, um, and uh, there's going to be more. I can tell you. Um, but <laughs> these uh, these next few businesses are um, people who have been following that history. I might. Recognize them well. One is the Oleander Company, which used to be Hugh McRae and Company, uh, which was founded on uh, in 1902 1902 on North Front Street, and uh, also Roundtree and Roundtree, um, now Roundtree and Losey, which was uh, founded back in 1896, um, also on uh, North Front Street. And uh, you know, obviously, Hugh McRae had a hand in the kind of the 1898 kind of um, you know. Uprising. I mean, round, George Roundtree was part of that, you know, the original George Roundtree. Um, so it's interesting to me that, you know, these companies that are, um, you know, and now Hugh McRae, um, the new generation of McRae's has done a lot to address that history. Um, and, uh, but, you know, it's interesting to me that these businesses that, you know, were active then at such a kind of pivotal
1: moment of Wilmington history are, are still around. Yes, and um, of the list of <clears throat> companies, That we talked about and and, uh, may discuss, um, it's unusual to find a law firm there. Yeah. Because law firms come and go unless you, um, yeah, law firms come and go. And um, the Roundtree family is, has been here for generations, and, and the, uh, even though he's pretty much uh, retired, the present George Roundtree yeah. III, uh, was another contemporary of mine. Uh, we grew up together. We were classmates at Forest Hill School, and then he moved uh, to Arizona uh, yeah. for high school. But uh, we've been lifelong friends, so yeah. I still have some connection with, with some of these um, longstanding businesses.
0: That's interesting. I love that you went to Forest Hills. I, I went to Forest Hills as well. And, uh, oh, you yes. did? Yes, sir. Second, and second, third, and fourth grades. So uh, this is back in the 70s. Um, my brother went there for, I think, seven years. He went there from kindergarten all the way through six, um, which mm-hmm. they had back in that day. But uh, just as an aside, we could do a whole episode only on Forest Hills School because it's such a wonderful place. I love that school. Um, but um Moving on, we obviously this next one is a big one that we can't. My bosses will be very upset if we left out the Star News oh, yeah. off the list of 100-year-old businesses. The Star News has, um, you know, was was uh, founded in the you know late uh, 19th century and um, has been around in many iterations. There was the you know, there was the Star, there was the Morning Star, there was the you know the Evening News, and they kind of merge at some point. Um, and, uh, but interestingly, well, um, you told me that you uh, you had a job, one of your first jobs was, maybe your first job was working for the old
1: Star News back in, uh, you said, the early 50s? In 1950, yeah. Wow. Well, it wasn't my first job. My first job was when I was 12 years old, mowing uh, lawns, <laughs> mo- okay. raking leaves, right. you know, okay. that kind there of thing in go. the neighborhood. But, um, for the, you know, the first real job I had was 1950. I was uh, a junior in New Hanover High School, and, and I, w- I was a writer. I was born to be a writer. and. Um, I got a job uh, at the Star News. Uh, the The company was in the Merkison building uh, down on Front Street at the time. Two blocks from where we are, right this yeah. very moment. And um, uh, I was hired as a sports writer and copy desk, and uh, the newsroom was so completely different from the current Star News newsroom. Oh, and, my. I, and I had the pleasure, um, uh, management asked me uh, for the 150th anniversary of the newspaper, in 2017, uh, to write my remembrances of what it was like yeah. to work there. And, uh, fortunately, I, I had a, a very clear uh, memory of it. And, um, and some of the things that we wrote about and, um, so I've in, I've enjoyed my association uh, over the years. In fact, I, I'm sure that I, nobody else in town goes back any farther with the Star News than I well, do. Well, I can only fit.
0: imagine, and Wilbur, <laughs> I'm just so happy to have you here because of that. Because I mean, I've obviously I've been here for full time for 17 years now, which seems like a drop in the bucket compared to going back to you know 1950. Now I'll, I'll I will throw it in I did I did have a paper out back in you know the early 80s, <laughs> so I had my year there. But,
1: um, that, but all, that all that Counts on thirty. Okay, yeah, yeah that, that <laughs> maybe
0: you can add me a year in there. Me, 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 me and my brother had a paper out going through Forest Hills. <laughs> um, we used to live in Forest Hills apartments and you know, had a early paper out uh, back in those days. But um, yeah, no, that is. I mean, so in a way, you know, obviously the start News. Now we're in a building on Third uh, and Princess. I'm sorry, Third and Chestnut. So. Kind of coming full circle right because it, we're sitting here we can see the merkinson building from yep. where we're sitting mm-hmm. um you know and the star news used to be also in a different location on chestnut street before i think before that was where the in the building where the copper penny is now so you know the star news has moved you know as an institution it's stayed around it's moved in a few different locations obviously our old location on 17th street is you know, was uh, damaged during the hurricane, which moved us back downtown. Well,
1: but. you know, uh, John, you mentioned that uh, the paper went through several iterations of yep. names. And, um, however, on Sunday, the Sunday edition, when I was yep. growing up and during World War II, it was the star news, yep. star dash news. right? And in in that connection, um, the day that I will never forget, December 7, 1941, the day that the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and America, yep. went to World War II, the, um, the paper... Um, published three editions that day here in wow. a small newspaper in a small town and the first edition which was at everybody's doorstep that morning yeah. and and of course everything was was paper it was a paper yeah. edition um, had to do with the front page was nothing but the launching of the Zebulon B Vance the first liberty ship they got yeah. launched the day before Pearl Harbor and it was all just about uh, that and then this, they published a first extra edition uh, in the afternoon after the attack, which well, is about 1.30 here yeah, at Wilmington okay. time. And the um, uh, the headline had to do with the attack on Pearl Harbor, and the, the Zebulon B. Vance launching had been moved down to the bottom, sort yeah. of, you know, yeah, yeah. one quarter they the it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then a second edition with more information about the attack on uh-huh. Pearl Harbor, the Philippines and so on the Vance launching had been moved to page two and of course it was only one there was only one section the A section was the section then yeah so and and I've got copies of all three of those papers that my mother saved for me
0: that's amazing well and it that's and you mentioned I think an important distinction to make for a long time it was that way it was like the daily paper was the morning star and then the sunday was the sunday star news which kind of reflected at some point these two kind of papers merged um and you know and we could obviously you know we did have our 150th anniversary here a few years ago, and I know you wrote some stuff for that. I wrote some stuff for that. Ben Steelman, who's a you know colleague of mine, he's re- he's retired, but he's still writing some stuff for us. He was a big part of that, um, you know. And I think people, you know, forget back in the day. I mean, you know, social media is king now, but back in the day of the heyday of the Star News, you know, and we're still going strong. Obviously, we're still doing great journalism and doing stories every single day. But that was your social media, right? Your morning paper—that was your, you know, your letters to the editor. Everyone, you know, everyone read the paper, um, and we still have plenty of readers. But, it, but, but that history, I think, is just fascinating to me, and I'm just really proud to be part of an organization that, you know, has stuck around that long and contributed so much to Wilmington.
1: Well, I'm very proud. I'm, I'm proud to uh, still be part of it too.
0: Well, I am so glad that you are, and you know, like I said, it's you know, it's really invaluable to have someone with your knowledge of this town and your. Kind of you know, depth of knowledge and institutional knowledge to you know, to have you still writing for us is just a treasure, honestly. And speaking of treasures, King Off Jewelers, uh, you wrote quite <laughs> a lot about them um, in your recent story, and they are um, another hundred year old business, hundred plus um, in their third generation. I remember when the clock, you know, that beautiful clock they used to have downtown, and I think it got damaged at some point. Um, but, you know, Off's is just, you know, a wonderful uh, you know, Wilmington business that is still around um, and it, I think they started on 10 North Front Street in 1919 um, and they're still around.
1: Well, the, the Kingoff family has been wonderful. Um, unfortunately, um, uh, Janice Kingoff, um, the mother of, um, of Michael Kingoff, the you know, current manager and, yes. and co-owner, uh, just recently uh, uh, passed away but uh, I've known the family ever since I was a boy and um have certainly among many women Johnies that have done business with them over the yep. years and and Michael has been sort of a sort of a trip, and um, he said he was going to beat the third generation because yeah. uh, uh, his father was told by his father um, after World War II um, that the business would survive because something like as long as there's romance, you'll have a job. You know, people <laughs> always always want to buy jewelry and and uh, and engagement rings, and um, just just recently in a piece I did on the. German prisons of war here. Yeah. Um, I included King of Jewelers uh, since they uh, unloaded all of their old merchandise on the on the prisons right before they <laughs> right before they left here, wow. and they bought everything. So um, um, uh, Michael's father Bill um, ha- had quite a story on that.
0: That's fascinating. And uh, this one, we, we we mentioned Castle Hain Road earlier. Um, another hundred. Your old business uh, started in 1913 is Tinga Nursery, uh, founded by a Dutch immigrant named Ilko Tinga. Um, that, and that's a whole, you know, uh, Charles Rees wrote a book about, our former Star News editorial page mm-hmm. editor, wrote a book about the kind of Dutch immigrant history in the Wilmington area. And a lot of these um, immigrants came because of, uh, well, uh, Hugh McCray was involved, and Hugh Cray had a lot of land and brought in people to, you know, use that land. And one of these people was, uh, you know, Ilko Tinga from the Netherlands, and they've got a great history, obviously, in that country of flowers and flower growing. And they are still there doing their thing on Castle Hain Road.
1: Well, at the at, at the time before the war and and uh, during World War Two and, and somewhat afterwards, uh, that area was loaded with people that were in the nursery business yep. and the the bulb raising yep. business and flower business. And um, they would sh- they'd uh, the, when the railroad came in here, they would ship flowers all over the East Coast of the United yep. States. And, uh, the the business boomed uh, yeah it, and talk about romance and tied it into selling roses um, the business boomed uh, during World War two and um, and the Katinga, of course is still the same family name yep. and, and yep. Uh, you you got to hand it to them um, um, they, they they've been the landmark out there uh, in that industry
0: yeah and then kind okay, we're kind of getting toward uh, and like hopefully I've tried to include all the 100 year old businesses that i know of we've probably left a few out if we've left a few out please let me know and we can make a note of that another one that we should talk about is finkelstein's which is a long time moment to music store downtown they're still like unlike some of these other businesses that have moved out of downtown finkelstein's is still downtown right there at the corner of market and uh front street um since 1906 i remember going in there you know as a young kid playing playing in band you know to get your instruments get your instruments repaired and they're still there um you know and i mean Finkelsteins. that name is just uh, you know that's such a wilmington name such a wilmington kind of institution the music store down there on uh
1: did, did you did you uh-huh. buy your first guitar there? Uh,
0: you know, I don't play guitar. guitar, if I if I did I probably would have, been. there's still, you can go there and get a guitar right this very minute, I can
1: imagine. Well, but, you know, um, they they boomed during the war because their location right there yeah. at, at Front Market. Amazing
0: location.
1: Amazing and they've stayed there, uh, you know, with a little renovation outside, um, but they also used to be in the pawn business and, and, and that's that, true, that, with all the servicemen yeah. here during the war. Um, i guess I guess that was fairly lucrative, well
0: yeah, and then you know the, just the fact that uh you know that they're still around today, I mean really all these businesses, all these hundred year old businesses that we've discussed, you know it's just impressive that they've been around this long, and it's just to me, it offers such a kind of window into the history of Wilmington um you know to talk about these places and to remember these places, and uh you know when you get to there's plenty of businesses that have been around a long time, some that have not maybe hit the 100-year mark yet, but, you know, I, I imagine that as we, uh, you know, as the years progress, we're going to have, you know, more and more 100-year-old businesses that we can talk about in
1: Wilmington. Well, I don't know, uh, certainly not in the uh, in the food service. Yeah. The food industry seems like yeah. they come and they go about every week. They do. <laughs> and, um, uh, And who knows what uh, further damage that the pandemic, extended pandemic, is going to have on local businesses. Yeah. But, um, um, and and businesses change names, they merge so much now. And and in those days, the mergers were not as prevalent as as they are now. And um, so, um, and and then again, we're expanding. into um, uh, high-tech stuff yep. and and have been over the last uh, uh, 15, 20 years. So we, we've got a long way to go. Um, uh, I hope I'm around to do a podcast with you all one right, of, well, at the next 100 yeah I, well there you go Wilbur I
0: will have you I will have you back for that. So thank you so much for your time and all your knowledge. Um, it's been wonderful to sit here and talk with you.
1: Well thank you John. My pleasure thank you. that's it
0: for this episode of Cape Fear on Earth and our look at some of the hundred-year-old businesses that have existed throughout Wilmington's history. We'll be back soon with another chapter of local history. Till then, make sure you're a member of our Facebook group where listeners can ask questions about our episodes and share their own memories of the region's history. In that group, I post extra content and links to all my coverage of local history for the Star News. You can find that group by searching Cape Fear on Earth on Facebook. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Cape Fear on Earth newsletter that goes out every Thursday. Sign up at starnewsonline.com newsletters. Cape Fear on Earth was written, edited, and hosted by yours truly, John Staten. You can find more of my work at starnewsonline.com. Additional editing is done by Adam Fish. This podcast was made possible by listeners and readers like you. Support local journalism and Cape Fear Unearthed by subscribing to the Star News today at starnewsonline.com slash subscribe. And you know what? While you're subscribing to things, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream this show so you'll never miss an episode. While you're there, leave us a review, which will help more people find Cape Fear Unearthed. Till then, get out and explore the Cape Fear region on your own. You never know what you might unearth.